All right, Claire. Hello. How are you? So beautiful to I'm meet great. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. So nice. Um, yeah. I I just um, interviewed today on like the eco village um, you live in, and to know a bit more about um, that. So, do you want to introduce yourself and um, talk a bit? Yeah, just about yourself and where you are and um, what you're doing. Yeah. So. Our eco village is located in Mullaney, which is a really beautiful little town with a big green heart. There's lots of people who care deeply about the environment, about the arts. There's a very active live music scene in this community. So in some ways, we're a community in a community because we're starting a small eco village project, which is two and a half years in, um, as I talk to you now. And we've really had a really amazing learning experience and a, a magical time. It, you know, it hasn't always been easy, but I just think it's been a huge vibrant part of my early thirties. I'm 33 now. And I just think it's been an amazing, amazing experience. Um, I've personally had a lot of growth. Um, I've had to become a lot more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Sometimes certain experiences here have been a bit uncomfortable, but that's, that's where we are on the edge of growth. And, and this is one of the things that I really have gained from my time here at the Eco Village is just to become um, comfortable with, with conflict, to be on the edge of, of people's comfortable um, space and moving into a, an innovative and growth space, which is something that the world desperately needs. You know, I, I personally think that the, the plants and animals, they know what to do, but it's humans that really have lost their way And we, and we can find our way back to connection with all things. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, beautiful words. Thank you. Um, you just, um, do you want to explain a bit what an eco-village is for someone that doesn't know? Yeah, so we're very passionate about living with a light footprint um, in terms of a light carbon footprint and a light resource footprint. So we, we have a lot of shared resources and we're really exploring a lot of philosophical questions. You know, for me, I think, what does it mean to be a free human? This is a big question that's very central to my life. Um, so we have, we have a lot of um, connection here. Uh, we have a lot of shared meals. Actually, at Aweka Village, every single night, we have a shared meal that a different person cooks each night. So we do a roster and we set the roster every Monday. We have a meeting. Um, every Monday and we go through a standard agenda and I facilitate the meeting and I think the meeting really meets our needs for communication for effectiveness for connection um, and it's just a great time to come back together after the weekend and say right how do we want to move forward this week as individuals but also collectively in this space to create the eco village um, as it unfolds so we we have a very um I like to say we have as much structure as, as we need while supporting the openness that everyone wants. We all want to meet our needs for freedom, autonomy, choice. So it's important that it's, it really has the opportunity that people can feel free. But also we want to be connected and have good communication and clarity. So we have agreements um, and we have expectations that people will cook, for example, on the night that they are allocated. And, and that sort of dependability and reliability on the team is, is really important to create a culture where people feel supported and safe. They feel like the people do what they say they're going to do. And that, that level of commitment is quite important to our community because if we have less and less and less of that, it's such a share house, which is fine. Share houses work really well, but we're doing an intentional community. And 
this word intentional, I think is quite powerful. Really, everyone who lives here has the intention to connect. And we all want that. And that's why people come here. Um, and there are many, many housing options. And I'm, you know, I certainly don't think that this is for everyone. I think for the right person at the right time, it's a magical and amazing opportunity. Um, but it does require a bit of commitment. And th this is quite an interesting thing in a culture of individualism that we have in Australia and in many, many places around the world. Uh, all of this focus on self, um, when we actually make a, a conscious, intentional choice to be more collaborative, and sometimes that means doing some domestic chores which aren't necessarily mess that you made, um, but that's, that's the communal experience here. And sometimes having that in the reverse where some mess that you made, you don't have time to clean it up and someone does it for you. This is the amazing opportunity of living together, the care, the support, the connection, and the humility. And, I, you know, we've had 17 residents, um, five of them kids and all the rest adults living here over two and a half years um, and for varying levels of time. Some people stay for, you know, 10 months, two years. Um, other people just come for a couple of months, try it out, move on. You know, some people are travellers, they're all different ages. But I honestly can say I've been very, very impressed and inspired by people's willingness and capacity to just get in there and give it a go. It, it is a little bit scary and it puts us on our growth edge in a, in a culture of individualism to be seen by others, to be vulnerable. And when you're living in a community, people know what you do. People see if you don't do what you say you're going to do. And, and actually that vulnerability is key, I think, to mm. really, really the connection that we desire. And I think sometimes in our society, we really want to connect, but we don't want to be vulnerable. And it's almost not possible to have that real connection without, without really letting people see you and seeing them and, and letting, you know, actually seeing each other. And, and there's a layer there of accountability. You know, I see you and I know that you can do better, really, can't you? You, you know, that, so it, it's, it is a bit of a challenge to be in a community like this because we're all, we're all um, idealistic. We're all working towards a shared vision. We want to have a light footprint. We want to make this place a really beautiful place for people to live and for animals and plants as well. So it, it's such an interesting, um, you know, it's such an interesting experiment and it's such a fun way to live. It's, as I said, certainly not always easy but really quite inspiring what people can do together when they when they're willing when they're willing and then they give it a go I think it takes quite a lot of courage to to live in an intentional community um but yeah I'm just so impressed that people are, are open to doing it and we just have so much fun <laughs> it's not always fun sometimes it's incredibly frustrating but it's a rich it's a rich experience it's like you know, and sometimes it's too much. People need a bit of a break. It's like having a lot of cake. You know, it's really rich, but you don't want it every day. <laughs> because we do, we play board games. We have dinners. Um, as I said, every night we have guests from all around the world who come. They find our website. People are interested. We do tours monthly. So we have a lot of flow here of different people coming and going. And I think many people find this to be quite an inspiring project. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, so much um, truth and beauty um, you just shared. Um, it's it's really valuable because yeah, it's it's ultimately a small um, scale that you live that society in fact should um, represent. I feel 
Um, and yeah, mm. um, so for someone that doesn't quite know what, um, you know, that is, yeah, maybe new to this, like how, how does it look like to, you know, um, the, the property you're at? Like, so you, you have like a set property, then you have, do you want to share a bit about like how yeah. the living situation is and, and how maybe your your day looks like, um, you know, just mm -hmm. a, a bit of insight if you want to share that? Yes, certainly. So the land that we are living on is owned by a nonprofit company that um, Andrew and I, we're the co-founders. We set up this, this property um, nearly three years ago. So the organization owns all the land and all the buildings. And if we want to build new buildings and infrastructure and upgrade the water, um, for example, the electricity, we spend the community money um, on that. So it, the, the legal structure for people who are interested is it's a, it's a non-profit organization, a company limited by guarantee. C, a CLG is, is the technical term. And that's Eco Villages Australia Limited. And Eco Villages Australia owns, as I said, all of the land and all the buildings. So it, it's a very, very different way of seeing the world. When you live here, you're a steward. So instead of having a landlord and a renter, um, which is our, our normal way of operating obviously some people also are homeowners and they live in the home that they own um, but instead of having either the homeowner the landlord or the renter there's this other category that we're experimenting with experimenting with and it's steward it's steward so people who live here are stewards of the organization and of the property so we look after the house we we keep it all clean we clean the gutters we build built this deck that I'm sitting on right now We um, decide what is a priority and we basically um, work uh, in a fairly fluid way deciding what we want to do next. So um, basically that just unfolds determined, um, based on the priorities that people have. So uh, we spent a bit of um, time and energy upgrading the bathroom recently. We painted the house um, with one of our really amazing volunteers who's a professional house painter. Um, you know, we made some curtains. So we, we just do things together that, that are a priority. So every day is different here. It's sort of hard to explain. Some days it's very quiet. And some days I just find myself here and with the, with the animals and the plants and it, it's quite a slow and beautiful pace. Uh, and other days there's people coming, you know, our neighbors drop in. Um, my friend Joan visits often. Um, we have people who get in touch. They're, they're traveling off the East Coast they want to see the eco village so we we have a lot like it's a very vibrant life it's a very social life um and really that's that's possible um for me because i don't have paid work so basically i wake up every day and i say how are we going to build the eco village today um what what you know what's what's going to happen today and it's a beautiful way to live with a lot of openness um and it's you know a place of great privilege for me because i don't have to do paid work every day at least for now. Um, so I just feel like it's a very, very golden time for me to really be free and to, and to be present. And presence is something I think that our world desperately needs. There's a lot, of, a lot going on. It's a big time of transition. And we need to be present with that, with, with the grief, with this sort of enormity of this climate crisis and ecological collapse and, and coming to terms with, maybe 
our own species extinction within the next few hundred years. Like this is a big time. And I'm personally very, very passionate about the expansion of human consciousness. What does it mean to look at reality and, and to actually unload some of this programming from our culture? So I guess I, I have a, I, I didn't really necessarily think about it before I started the Eco Village with Andrew, but it's very philosophical sort of life. It's how do we want to live together? What, what's important to us? Do we want to save money and earn less and have, you know, less infrastructure? Or does everyone really want a flushing toilet next to their bedroom? Because that'll cost 10 grand per toilet when, when you add up all of the, the building costs and the infrastructure. And so we actually have these very real questions. They're very practical. How do we want to live? What do we want to build? You know, what can we do without? And so going back to your question about what, what this place looks like, we, we actually um, had the great privilege of buying an old dairy farm. It's had a number of residential owners since then, but remarkably, a lot of the old dairy infrastructure is still here in place. So I'm sitting in front of um, the old cottage, um, which is nearly 100 years old. It's a very small building, um, and it used to be the house of, of the previous owner. But we've renovated it beautifully and we've just painted it with this gorgeous, um, tasteful green colour. And it's got a big, large open living room with big windows that let the winter sun in and a fireplace. So it's our community living room. And then we've got three private rooms where people have their bedroom. Um, we also have a tiny house cabin, um, which is just, uh, it's quite close by um, with a few gardens and a little pathway in between. And then there's the cream shed where we have our composting toilet and um, our washing machine. Um, and that's the cream shed where they used to make the cream and the butter from when it was an old dairy. And then we have a large, um, the milking bales where they used to milk the cows. That's, that's a bike shed and a workshop and a gardening shed. And, and then there's an old machinery um, shed and that's where we have our outdoor kitchen. So the kitchen's outdoors. Um, and so is the shower. We have a a really nice um, outdoor shower and we're all very proud of how it turned out because <laughs> we recently upgraded it and we put all of these rocks um you know big uh flagstone rocks to stand on like like you're showering in a creek bed and then we have these recycled wood panels and and all of these vines it's hard to explain but it's just magic and it's interesting it's you know really i think one of the cool, cool things about this place is a real disruption to the way people see housing when you come here straight away, you realize there's something different about this. It's, it's got all of the things that a normal house has, but it's all separated. Um, so the, the house with the living room and the, and the bedrooms is, is separate from the kitchen. You have to walk outside to go to the kitchen. You walk outside to go to the toilet. Um, the to toilet's not that far away, but um, the, the whole thing has a really interesting scale to it. And it really brings you out to the outside. And it's amazing the difference between living in my flat on the second floor um, and living here. I just spend so much time outside. So I notice things. I notice birds and nests. I notice the compost, you know, going down each day. I notice the different ground covers and the biodiversity. And, and I notice the, the, the flowers that come up in April and, and the angle of the sun as it changes. So it, it's really, really interesting because many people would find it quite uncomfortable to have a really largely outdoors lifestyle, but we really embrace it. And it's largely about connecting to the natural world. What does it mean to connect to the natural world? 
does it mean once a year you go on a holiday and you go hiking in the mountains or does it really mean that every day all around us we can find nature and we can find spiders and snakes we have snakes here and you know I don't need to be afraid of the snakes because they there's nothing to fear <laughs> the snakes don't try and they're not they're not after me that it's so interesting you know even things like that coming to terms with our fears around mm. the natural world we don't have to be afraid of spiders and snakes we don't have to be afraid of trees falling out of our house you know some trees grow for a thousand years um so it's it's just yeah. so interesting because like I, I guess I can only speak from my experience that it does really help me to think about the world in a really different way to be living an outdoors lifestyle to be connected to other people to be creating our world like we it's a very creative and artistic sort of way to live because you're saying well what is it what is it that we want to create here and how are we going to work towards that together so that's that's sort of a bit of an example of the infrastructure um we have here but yeah I suppose I suppose that um one of the main infrastructure pieces that we have you, you know we've got we've got buildings but we've got these paths and gardens and we spend quite a lot of time landscaping and just so it's lovely when you come here um I wonder if you can see so here I'm just standing on the deck and there's a little path here and it takes you to the kitchen and there's a little building here it's mm -hmm. quite small and cute yeah this is the deck that I'm standing on and then this is the old house here and we've put some new um windows on uh which well they're not new they're second hand from a fish and chip shop so we have a lot of recycling happening here we have a real culture of recycling um and it means we can save a lot of resources and money and it's interesting because we actually have we're actually quite wealthy you know this is a very middle class project in many ways but we're actually trying to do it ourselves as a way to empower ourselves and we're trying to spend less money as a way to rely less on the monetary system so that we don't have to keep going into these systems of exploitation where we where we feel we're really under the pump to earn to earn to spend to spend so mm. it's amazing it's a real slowing down of, of the economy which is quite controversial some people think we should be spending more you know to boost employment give more jobs but actually here we sort of even question the jobs paradigm you know, First Nations people all around the world didn't have jobs, but they certainly had things to do. They had ways to meet their needs for purpose, meaning, engagement, contribution, mutuality and teamwork. And that's what we want to do. We want to meet our needs. We want to have a rich and abundant life. And we want to have a sustainable world, which we can't do on our, on our own. We, we need each other to achieve sustainability. And, you know, I don't, like, we work really hard here. We actually have um, only... Um, six percent of the carbon footprint of the average Australian. We used an, um, an app called Climate Clever to calculate all of our um, our transport, all of our gas and electricity, and our water, um, our paper use. We calculated all of that, and we realised that our footprint is very, very low. Um, yeah, very low compared to the average household. But but still, I still think if if we're really honest you know what the way we live here even at that reduced carbon emission still isn't sustainable so you know what does it mean to be sustainable on this planet as humans this is a big question it's not one that we any one of us can answer alone but it's i think something that's really worth looking into like how 
how can we sort of move in that direction? And we're not going to be able to achieve it overnight, but there are just so many solutions and we all have a part to play. And that's what's so exciting when we actually direct our energy instead of directing it to the old world and the systems of exploitation that we're all propping up by our complicity, we direct it to the new world and actually imagining what is it that we want to create and how can we do that now with what we have together? Yeah, it's so wholesome. I mean, I can, yeah, it's, I, it, I can so relate and it's just definitely really like amazing what you're saying because I feel it's, it's just so valid. It's like really um, important for society to um, ask yourself really deep questions, you know, and um, I sometimes feel like this, this is really lost. And the thing is like what um, a lot of the belief systems are of what you need is like, but do you really need this? And do you ultimately need to suffer um, or you know do unenjoyable things to um, to fulfill needs that in fact are not needs they're just like um, kind of valuable material ideas to oneself and so I think it's really beautiful um, listening to you to really get some brain food and some you know train of thoughts on really like questioning your own self in in all these topics you literally just mentioned um and even yeah talking about fears as well it's it's um the existential fears it's like are you really having existential fears you know or fears about snakes and wildlife if if you're more connected and you observe your surroundings and your nature then you un and you understand that more than you also know that you don't need to be yeah fearful of of snakes because yeah I feel the same way as you once I saw them in wild I'm like yeah you need to be careful where you're stepping but they're not like attacking you like in the movies you've possibly previously seen in countries that don't even have snakes and um yeah I think it's um <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just really, um, it's just really valuable to to really ask you those questions um, all day. And I th I think like most of society, specifically in the Western countries, I mean, it's like we have everything, you know. Um, and and um, another thing is as well, like um, I love that that you guys have these things outside and go more outside and breathe fresh air in and. Um, I remember my grandma was telling me that they used to have like the toilet outside. And once they started, um, I don't know, maybe in the thirties or forties to move bathrooms in the house, her mom said like, how disgusting is this to have a bathroom in the house, you know, like, because she was used to, to never have it in the house. And, um, and so I guess like, I just want to share this because I think it's really interesting how, your perception and your truth to what you think is real has been also not ever be always be the case, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I just think it's just really um, amazing what you just shared. Yeah. Um, excellent. Um, I don't know. Is, is there anything else you, you want yeah, to add? Most um, of the... Well, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, after thinking about this stuff for years, well before I moved to the Eco Village, I was an activist. I was involved in Greens politics and I was um, running a small arts business and I was really thinking about a lot of these questions about, you know, how do I want to live and what's the meaning of life and what what is sustainability and, you know, how can humans actually find a place in in the ecosystem again what is our place as humans like these are big questions you know I've spent many years thinking about them I really feel very passionate about about intentional communities and eco villages because I think we can practice at a small scale how to live together how to work together and and how to deal with our own personal issues which often are the main thing that stands in our way there's so much opportunity like I actually feel really positive about what it is that humans can achieve but I really think the real revolution is in our own minds. We have to decolonize our minds from a scarcity capitalist frame about, oh, my goodness, if I don't have $2 million by the time that I retire, then I won't have enough money. You know, it, it's just we, we've got to break through this because it's holding us back. It's holding us back. And, you know, the new world is calling for us to deal with our issues around this, our fears, because we if we're one of the richest countries in the world at the richest time on the planet in history and we have almost it's ironic right we have the most fear around money than ever before almost it's bizarre mm. and you often hear about people who go to places in, in asia and south america they say they meet these people who just throw their door open and say please come and eat without my family we want to share everything we have we'd love for you to stay you know they just want to give they want to give and we want to give too but we're we're basically kind of traumatized by a capitalist frame which says if you share you'll have less and what I really realize is if you share you have more and (laughs) it's these sort of things if we turn these around in our mind if we actually look at reality and say well nature natural systems are all built on sharing like obviously some things die and that's life and we will die but if we're so unable to share we cannot move forward and i really think sharing is a massive massive part of sustainability because we're just eating and eating through these natural resources and we don't have to do that it's not really making us happy that's not just my opinion you know happiness is at an all-time low in western countries and it's because our our real needs for connection, for community, for meaning and purpose, for being part of something bigger than ourselves, for a a deep feeling of satisfied contentment. These are things that we're missing out on by having this consumption society. So I think in some ways, you know, living at the eco-village, it's a political act. It's saying in a whole consumption society, we choose less consumption. We choose a deconsumption, degrowth model. We choose to use what we have and look around us and say, well, actually, you know, we don't need to buy um, pumpkins because they grow so well here. We just, we just grow, you know, they just grow. Like, I don't have to grow them. They, they pop out of the compost and we have, <laughs> I don't know, I haven't counted. We probably have 25 pumpkins on vines at various sizes. You know, it's just so abundant, the, the amazing possibility and potential of nature. But because we have a certain mindset, we just miss it every time. And the, if we can mm-hmm. actually break through some of these constructs 
and and get rid of some of this programming there's just so much potential absolutely but that's i just really see that as our big challenge is to move beyond our socialized views and going out of the comfort zone ultimately well that's right right. really sitting with your fear um, and sitting with your grief and sitting with your discomfort that's that's pretty brave it takes a lot of courage Um, but if we if we are able to go there we can make some real amazing breakthroughs that lead to eventually to our, our peace and to being at peace and to being satisfied with what we have which is which is so much, you know, the world is absolutely inundated with material possessions. And one of the main things that I've been doing at the Eco Village in the last couple of years is, is trying to actually organise and sort and downsize these abundant material items that, it, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. We have so much stuff. And I'm sure many of the people watching this podcast will agree. It's really hard to ethically divest your material items because it's just so many people give things to you all the time you know you find that you've got all these different things that you've kept for years and so I I think minimalism is a huge part of our philosophy here but actually it's really hard because it Mm. brings up a lot of emotional things about oh if I get rid of this I might not get it again and so this is what I mean when I say the real revolution is is in our minds if we are able to say I have the things I need when I need them you know flow flow in and out means that things turn up then you know if I need this thing again I'm sure I will find it at the time that I need it and and it's amazing like honestly it is absolutely amazing how this happens here you know we 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 needed to paint the house and then we had this volunteer who is a professional house painter and he said I love painting Amazing. So I, I guess I would just say, you know, keep at it, everyone. It's just totally worth it. But yeah, it's worth it. It's a very joyous and abundant and important thing for us to explore the riches of, of our beautiful planet and, and, and sharing, sharing that with other humans and animals and, and plants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think sharing is... Um... It's, it's just the most beautiful thing and it, it also um, it makes you mu- much richer and it, it gives you such a deeper connection to each other you know mm-hmm. like even knowing your neighbors or, and, mm-hmm. and and I feel also like seeing people and like every single person in life has so much to to give like they, you know every every human at least has at least one or two things they can they, they have they're knowledgeable with or they're good at and um i think it's so important to also acknowledge this and and how people finding this knowledge about themselves on you know like on on their strength um and yes. and in yeah what you're saying That's about right. minimalism it's it's absolutely true it's like it's it's incredible how it, even emotional ballast um like emotional baggage the like some items carry and then once you let them go it's it's like so freeing you know and then um when you don't see them anymore like you're not even aware at one point that you don't have them anymore and um and yeah I I feel like it's 
I have been on the same similar journey as you, like really asking myself. And I remember the first time I was on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, which is like a pilgrimage. And I was traveling for six weeks with six kilograms on my back. And that was also wow. such a lesson to share because ultimately you don't really want to carry entire meals with you like heaps of spaghetti and sauce because it's all weighed yes. in your baggage so you kind of necessarily even forced to share the food with others because you don't also really want to you know like um carry these things with you like even as a baggage all day like eight hours carrying like 200 grams of spaghettis you know it's just like it's up so much and um I, I thought that yeah. was so beautiful. Like it was, it was teaching so many people on how good it is to to share. And it's, I mean, it's it's not even like that. It's anyone's fault. I think some people also have not learned this, or because ultimately, Absolutely. I think sharing is like opening yourself up and and creating a connection with someone else. And so you know, it's um, it's yeah. like a really vulnerable thing. So um. Thank you for yeah, bringing this absolutely. up. I guess it's it's absolutely great. <laughs> I'm just walking down to the cabin. You can probably hear the, the mowing next door. We live next to the showgrounds and they mow a lot. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, that you're next to the showgrounds because I really would like to visit you guys at one point. Um, I would just so love. If you feel cold, please come. Yeah. Lady Eco Village. You can find us on Absolutely. the internet. You can contact me, and yeah, we've got spare rooms for people to visit, and you can also camp if you want. Yes, beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there is there anything else you want to share that, um, like, I haven't asked you or we haven't shared yet? No, I think that's everything for now. Beautiful, Just and come um, join yeah. us. Yeah, and um, I will definitely link your contacts in the in the show notes, so um, people can contact you and can see your homepage and what you're doing. And I have like one last question because I feel like you said it all already because it was just so beautiful. But like um, I thought, like I always ask someone, you know, if it's like like your essence deep in your heart of what you kind of really um discovered through your life and your own own self um uh, you know like like through your work and and what you have experienced so far is like there is it like a, a essence you just want to share that you think like the world should know oh so much <laughs> i feel like pretty yeah, much I you said it already but maybe you have like a core essence um yeah, life doesn't have to be hard. I think we're taught that it has to be hard and you have to sacrifice and you have to, you know, be productive, otherwise you're a failure. Trees don't think about that. They just grow. We, we can also just be. We can just be as we are with plants, with animals, with each other. And actually, like I was talking about, getting rid of these, these things that hold us back we can just explore what it means to just be connected to nature and to each other. And we don't have to carry all of these heavy things about, oh, I'm only successful if I have a big house and, oh, I have to work hard every day and, you know, all of this stuff. I think, I think it would be 
the world would really benefit a lot from people just, you know, taking a bit more time to just be present with themselves, introspection, connection, rest. I actually have a lot of naps and I think it's a really great way to live. It's a very low carbon, low cost, fun <laughs> and luxurious thing to do. And it's completely underrated. That <laughs> thing is it's wonderful, but this is this is one of the things, you know, culture is so fast paced. It's gotta be fast, it's gotta be quick, and you've got to, you know, move forward and achieve things. And yeah, I think probably a focus on less productivity. What do you mean? We need to work hard to solve all of our problems, but we just can't we can't actually solve the problems by the same thinking that got us there. And if we keep thinking productivity is the answer, we're just going to keep running like this little mouse on a mouse wheel around and around. We actually have to disrupt our own thinking and look at nature, learn from nature. Sometimes a tree, a huge big tree, takes <laughs> 50 years to even go from knee height, you know, because it's waiting at the bottom of breaks through because there's a hole in the canopy and it has a bit of light. You know, this is the thing. We, we need to take our time. We need to slow down. We need to be present. Yeah, I actually think being the change we wish to see in the world is maybe about just being calm, not buying so much, and being with ourselves and, and really listening to our intuition, which is, which is something we're not taught to do and it's something we, we can practice. And we all have access to this. We all have access to our intuition if we're actually brave enough to sort of touch on it and feel, wow, this feels heavy and hard. I don't think it's the right direction or, oh, actually, this is exciting. I'm moving forward in this way. It's mm -hmm. sort of as simple as that, but we, we just have so many barriers and blocks to just feeling what it is that, that makes our heart sing. So I, I, I just would encourage people to follow the intuition, slow down, really listen. Yeah, be bold and brave, but not not sort of heavy with all of these ideas about productivity and it's not really what the world needs more of yeah well claire thank you so much um for this informative um time with you and um yeah i hope to see you one day so have a lovely day and thank you thank you thank you so much for your time